What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Burn After Noticing, the Burn Notice podcast from people who have never seen Burn Notice. I'm Paul. And I'm Josh. And we're here to tell you about Burn Notice. This is episode one. This is indeed. You know, you might have listened to episode zero. If you didn't, you should probably do that. And if Go back and listen to episode zero, guys. We recorded it. You listened to it. Yeah, I mean, presumably. I don't think this actually unlocks unless you do listen to episode We presumably three. recorded it as well. Like, we allegedly recorded it. Right. Like, it's there. It's It exists. And if you I can neither confirm nor deny. In the true spirit of tradecraft, I can neither confirm nor deny that we recorded an episode zero. But if you, the listener, do your proper spying work and investigate the scenario and tactically ascertain your podcast feed, you'll find episode zero. You will. I mean, like right now, it doesn't exist because we're recording this right after it, and so like it technically doesn't exist anywhere that you could go. But like at this point, you you can. You know, and really, what is what is the existence and what is time? And that's what we're going to explore on this podcast. Was this fucking the Interstellar podcast? <laughs> yeah, now? Yep. Thank you. Um, I'm Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah. If you uh, if you didn't, um, you know, if you didn't expect that, maybe you just got burned. Oh, shit. Now we're getting into it. Uh, this is a podcast about burn notice puns. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the show is going to say burn a lot, so it's going to be very on theme. Very, very they, So what's great about this show is if you didn't know the name of it, it's okay because they'll continuously remind you of the name of the podcast. Or the, oh, I'm sorry, the name of the show. I'm thinking they about this podcast. They are so aware. They know the pod. They knew a podcast they, was coming. <laughs> they record, again, in the spirit of tradecraft, they were able to tactically predict that uh, 12 years after they aired the first episode that um, two dipshits from Twitch would make a podcast about it. They knew. Or you get two dipshits who don't even know really anything about the show and never watched it prior and have very, like, again, this is all stuff covered in episode zero. We don't have to rehash this because you've obviously listened to it already. That's right. And we appreciate it. We thank you for listening. Uh, we thank you for taking the time out. Genuinely, um, we really appreciate whoever is here to uh, kind of help be us too get nice started. To them. These people are animals. They'll yeah, you're right. N- never mind. Fuck you guys. Uh, yeah. Turn this off right now. You're hate listening to this anyway. Don't even fucking play with it. We're this. hate recording it. So, I mean, you're obviously <laughs> There's hate a lot listening. of hate in the air. <laughs> we have nothing but disdain for all of you. Uh, you. You're awful. You're all the worst. You're terrible, folks. You're losers. Get out of here. Well, I mean, like, uh, conflict makes good... Po- like, uh, there's always, like, you know, goody-goody love fests aren't getting the numbers. We gotta fucking throw chairs metaphorically through your it's ear true. holes. Um, you know, as a big fan of episode one, um, I think the Branson uh, mentality of fuck the fans is is the right thing to do. So uh, we're gonna carry on that spirit. Fuck you all. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm a big fan of episode one of Burn Notice, actually. Oh, and that's what we watched. <laughs> that is the uh, episode that we watched, and also the episode we're talking about on this episode, if that wasn't clear from whenever you loaded this into your podcast player, because um, it's probably going to have it in the title, so that's probably something I didn't even have to call out, but there, you know, we did it anyway. That's the first hint in your investigation, uh, listener spy. <laughs> this, is, like, this whole podcast is basically a big scavenger hunt to ascertain uh, episode numbers, so... Uh, congrats on the first clue. We are going on a journey, and uh, this show is going to take us on a journey because uh, we have overarching themes. And <laughs> let me just say, man, I have thoughts. Yeah, that we're. I mean, first off, we could, right off the bat, this is a uh, you know for all the normal episodes, it's about a you know forty-three minute show, an hour with commercials. This though, w- this no commercials, obviously, because we're in a streaming age, but. 
It's an hour. Thank you, Jeff Bezos, by the way, for giving us uh, the ability to watch Burn Notice. Jeff Bezos, our benevolent god, king, emperor. Uh, Thank you for allowing us to live, breathe, uh, work, play, and do all the things we love to do. He's probably the only one actually, I mean, I'm sure he's wiretapped everybody at this point, so he's probably listening to this right now. He's probably the only one actually concurrently listening to this record. I mean, if Jeff Bezos wanted to put a Burn Notice out on any human being, he is absolutely capable of doing so. He's probably, yeah, he's, well, he's putting out like a Burn Notice on Earth, and he's just like moving to the moon. Oh, now we're getting into Welcome to Burn After Noticing, the podcast about climate change. Yeah, there we go. As, as we discussed in episode zero, this is going to get very political and conspiratorial and uh, a lot of that weird shit. We're going to solve the mystery of who burned Mother Earth. Oh, you know, it was it was man. It was, it was man. man. It was man. Mankind. When they Speaking. weren't kind, that was the that was the that was the reason. You know, they're not kind. Mankind's not being very kind. Speaking of mankind, this is a show about mankind. This is a show about human nature. This is a show about human interaction. This is a show about friendship. Uh, this is a show about horniness. This I was is... going to say, up until up until you said horniness, I was like, do we watch the same show? No, I mean, I was going to get into the horny parts. I was just kind of saving the best for last. Uh, they, well, okay, there we go. You have to finish strong. Just let like, me, uh, Yeah, but we're, we're gonna definitely going to talk about this, but let me just say, this show fucks. It's, yeah, if this show uh, had a you know a private part area, it would be um, you know knee, like knee deep or balls deep or whatever deep. Yep, it wouldn't be circumcised, but it would be pretty large. Um, it, you know, it wouldn't be like shaven, but it would be just well groomed enough. I, basically, I'm saying it would look like Bruce Campbell's dick, what I imagine Bruce Campbell's dick looking like. Uh, Majestic, basically. Really? Yeah, I mean, it would look pretty great. Uh, and uh, Man, do I want to talk about Bruce Campbell a lot. <laughs> I really want to fucking talk about Bruce let's, Campbell. Uh, we're going to get to him, but right now, I mean, the episode's first off. Episode opens up, so this is the pilot episode. We're, we're introduced to our uh, main character, uh, Michael Weston is his name, which is spelled W-E-S-T-E-N, and it... I fucking can't stop when I read it, like thinking Western. I want to read it as Michael Western. Michael Western, which would be a whole different show, by the way. If that, like, <laughs> that would be justified, right? That would just, if this show was just the same thing, but uh, Michael Weston was a cowboy, it would just be justified. Uh, I think they would, it would be justified for them to do that, too. Oh, to man. pun on that fucking show's name, as we'll pun on this one. Folks, if you're not into uh, puns about your favorite uh, cable television shows, this might not be the podcast for you. <laughs> it's probably not the podcast for anybody <laughs> at this point, because <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna guess, or I'm gonna assume, maybe not everybody's like as familiar with Burn Notice as uh, you know. Well, I think what's interesting about um, I think what's interesting about Burn Notice is that it was a long-running show that had a very dedicated following, and I love shows like that. And uh, I'm I can already kind of tell why. Um, Like you can start seeing some of like the early parts of like through lines and like running gags that you're gonna have to come. And there's a lot to kind of attach yourself to, like in in a fandom kind of way. And I'm really excited to kind of see how that evolves too, and especially the involvement of Bruce Campbell, who is you know kind of a kind of a fanboy's favorite. He is, and uh, like we said, well, we'll we're gonna get to Bruce Campbell, but first we gotta we gotta. Can we get please introduced. get to Bruce Campbell? We're gonna. I mean, that's that's gonna be every episode of this fucking <laughs> show that I watch. I'm gonna be like, if he's not on screen, I'm gonna lose interest. I'm not gonna care as much. Yeah, Sorry, I mean, I, 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 I gotta say, I'm very attached to the title of this podcast. I really like it, but when it becomes just Sam Axcast, I'm not sorry. The Axcast, I love it. Yeah, um, yeah. So he first off, right off the bat, 
as you had said, I think you even had the exact time code. He gets like they say the word the, the phrase burn notice like at three minutes. Three minutes in, that's yeah, three yeah. minutes in. So let's start at where we're at. So this show opens up in Nigeria, and it has our our hero Michael Weston, a white man in a suit, standing on a street corner in a third world country, and everybody just acting like everything's fine. Um, a classic trope. Um, very Black Hawk Down. Very like every spot. Very homeland. You know, uh, all oh, your sure. all your favorite spy shows and movies always have this. They always have your like white spy in the middle of a non-white country, just kind of chilling, like really expensive clothing, just sticking out like a sore thumb. But everyone's like, "Oh, it's fine." Right. And right, on, like, let's get this straight too, because you know he's going to appreciate it uh, if we do this. But he he's not CIA, folks. This guy, Michael Weston, is not CIA. If you were wondering if Michael Weston is CIA, he'll tell you he's not CIA. Again, that was probably three minutes and or three minutes and two seconds in. Yeah, these were all movie. delivered in like similar lines where they were like, "Hey, are you CIA?" And he's like, "No, I'm not CIA." And then he comes in as his own narrator, telling you, "Well, I'm not CIA." <laughs> You know, like uh, this, this show is ahead of its time in that way of he's like a private contractor. I'm assuming the CIA, much like, you know, Uber and like a bunch of these other companies. So we, so we, we, we zoom in benefits. on our hero, Eric Prince from Blackwater. And, right. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so private contractor, way ahead of its time in terms of uh, where employment was going to be at in, uh, in America. So that's very forward. Folks, the gig economy. The gig, the gig economy hits spies. It's not even just you know uh, poor, unfortunate, uh, disadvantageous people in uh, in America. You know, it's That's spies right. who are fucking ritzy and rich and white and whatever. And M- Michael Weston seems very Irish, so we can classify him as a POC. Uh, I would be surprised. Like I know nothing about. So Michael Weston's played what? The, what's his? Uh, what's his goddamn name? Jeffrey, Jeffrey Donovan. Donovan. Um, right. And Jeffrey Donovan, I think, is probably. Uh, not American. I would not be surprised. Like it's always like, it's always funny. Like when you do find out, like oh, this person was born somewhere. No, he was Massachusetts guy. So okay, yeah. So okay, he is. Uh, but you know, so still Irish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Still exactly. Irish. Still. And uh, if there's one thing we're going to uh, to get, we're going to get some reinforcement of Irish stereotypes in this show, folks. And I am here for it. Oh, I'm going to be here for it too. I mean, I'm technically Irish, uh, I guess. You know, I don't fucking identify. Your people with it are all. represented. Your your people are represented great in this show. I'm excited to get into that. So, um, Michael's on his on his little African excursion, and he's telling you about what it's like to be a spy and how it's actually mundane. And he compares it at one point to sitting in a dentist's office. Uh, I actually wrote the quote down. Uh, you read magazines, sip coffee, and every so often someone tries to kill you. That's uh, that's his description of of tradecraft. You got to introduce like the mundane activities that you, the viewer, do as well. And then, but he's got to throw in the twist of like, but you, the viewer, don't get shot at like me. Yep. So he goes to to do his like sort of nebulous, like not really well described quote unquote job where he's giving a warlord money. We get in there and our African warlord is a Russian man named Boris. Right, and this show does a thing where, like, uh, I, I think even, like, Boris will probably never show up again, but they still, like, freeze frame on him and have, uh, like, uh, text on screen basically saying, They Boris, love to ID in characters in this show. Wannabe Warlord. They like to play with it, too. Like, it's not just Warlord, it's Wannabe Warlord. Yep, yep. When everybody, like, yeah, literally, even minor characters, they everybody gets an ID in. They all get a little graphic of their name and, like, a little thing of who we are, right? And they play with that device. <laughs> Quite a bit. Yeah, I'm interested to know if they're going to keep that going or if this is just a pilot thing. I think they probably will. And I hope it. that I get someone's ID graphic in the final fucking episode. Oh, I know, right? Like we're we're wrapping the guy the damn show up, and it's like uh, uh, Jeffrey, uh, like uh, Smith, Epstein, uh, Jeffrey, okay. Epstein. <laughs> Jeffrey. Oh man, if yeah, this. 
Uh, oh, episode man. zero, we talked. Yeah, that's going to end with that. So that's going to be exciting. Sorry to spoilers for the end. Of Where's Gawain Maxwell? Again. Find Gawain Maxwell. <laughs> she's she's uh, she's a uh, well. Wait, wasn't she supposed to be in Massachusetts where our uh, Michael Weston, Jeffrey Donovan? Uh, was I mean, from? there was a burn notice put out on Gawain Maxwell. Jesus. So let's get into that. So right away after he goes to try to, and of course he calls the spy agency and says, hello, Mr. Spy Agency. I have the wire transfer info and starts reading an account number over the phone on a uh, supposedly secure line, I guess we're to assume the line is secure, but they don't give us that exposition. I'm sure, yeah, which, you know, they give a lot of exposition, but not that one. Yeah, I'm surprised we didn't get that one because fuck is there a lot of exposition in this show. (laughs) Quite a bit, yeah, like... Honestly, like the the beginning of the episode and then the end of it were more engaging. Like the middle started to just fall into like, oh, I this was a show that people just put on the background while they fucked or something. Well, that's because all that's all the Bruce Campbell parts are in. And if you're not horny and ready to fuck when Bruce Campbell's on screen, I don't know when you are. Honey, wake up. Bruce Campbell's on screen. We need to fuck. <laughs> I mean, that's how I wake up my wife. <laughs> exactly. Like, honey, honey, he's, he's here. He's just like, oh, gosh. She's like, all right. All right. Not again. I'm just yeah, imagining so, the couple that fucks to burn notice now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I ballpark figure probably, you know, triple digits people fucked to this show. And good for all of them. All at the same time. They had one orgy. It was, kids uh, were probably conceived. Like, kids are like, unbeknownst to them, are going to know that they were like fucking conceived during this USA Network show. <laughs> I mean, when I meet baby Sam X, I'm going to know exactly what his parents are into. He's gonna talk like Bruce Campbell. He's gonna be. Uh, he's 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 already gonna be an alcoholic as like a five year old. So you're just describing my ideal situation for my own son. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a cool son right there. So that's like, how I. I just want. I just want. If I can have a kid that cool, I'll have kids. Right. Exactly. That's how. Uh, I'll have- <laughs> <laughs> until your kid gets burned and then you can't talk to them anymore. So speaking of burns, Michael Weston gets burned when he's reading off the account numbers and the oh. guy just cuts him off and was like, sorry, bro, we have a burn notice. Bing! First His time, but not face the face goes white as a ghost, even whiter. I mean, he is white, but it goes even whiter. Yep, he, he, so the, the, the color leaves his face. He gets a little upset about uh, getting the burn notice. So he, makes, he hangs up, he makes another call, and he tells uh, the secretary lady, put your boss on the phone, and then she doesn't help him either. He turns around, smiles, and starts getting the shit kicked out of him by all the dudes in this apartment who in are like... In the most half-assed way imaginable. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like 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 the the bad kind of like pro-wrestling kicks during like a fake... When, the, when they're like beating down like an old guy, like when one of like the old 50-year-old plus dudes comes back and like he takes like one little bump and like when Ric Flair's on the <laughs> ground like getting stomped out, like fake stomped out and everyone's like going easy because they don't want to give him a heart attack. Like that's kind of oh. what it looked like. And oh, they yeah. definitely weren't shooting him directly in the face, which is 100% what would have happened if he would have been, you know, made or outed or burned or like, and what they thought was he was a CIA agent that was stealing from them. That's what they, I guess, assumed. And he cuts in with the narrator thing again and says, uh, sometimes don't be honest. You have to lie in this situation. And he tells him, this is the one time where he says, yes, I am with the CIA and I have your money and uh, we're going to go get it. Right. Well, that's what he says, too. Like, he's like, because I'm not CIA, I get to do stuff like pay you off not to fuck around anymore or whatever. Some really great exposition there. Real oh, top notch stuff. Wonderful. Yeah. So they, they, they half ass kick the shit out of him. The guy on the left, I don't even think was kicking him, but they're, they're basically going to take him somewhere else. They're like, all right. And he, you know, his little spy knowledge is like, I'm going to uh, fake sickness. Like, he's like, I don't, I'm going to throw up in this nice Mercedes. Mercedes, that's another part of exposition. They're always like, oh, you, you know, they have a, you know, nice Mercedes. In you your know? Mercedes, yeah. As if they, like, these, like, fucking, like, arch criminals give a shit about, like, getting throw up in a Mercedes when they can just, like, grab another one real quick. Fucking warlords. 
It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's dumb. But he, my they, note on that was um, shitting out your doo doo ass to escape the bad guys. <laughs> out your doo doo ass. That's a good one. Yeah, but he he he. Uh, you know his charismatic spy charm. I guess gets them to take him to the restroom, where he then um, uses his spy uh, karate moves to uh, subdue his uh, captors. And he he makes it. This is another thing where he has a lot of inner monologue, where he like. He'll do like weird little metaphorical um, quips and um, little platitudes, and he was just like, "Make sure not to uh, break the little bones in your hand." I love that line. That's yeah, so, like when what? you're punching these guys in the face, and it's just like, okay, it's and just that- a great like idea of like a line someone thinks is badass, but when you hear it, is not badass at all. Like you gotta be careful, don't break the little hand bones. Like right, it's not- always more badass when you stop the action to just say a stupid corny ass line. Yeah, I do love uh, a good freeze frame fight description. Like a fight starts, and like they always freeze it like right in the middle of like a move, and they're like. Well, that's me. I bet you're wondering how I got into this mess. Honestly, I was going to bring that up when he was getting the shit kicked out of him. I was like, I wish the episode had started with that and done the whelp. You're probably yep. wondering how I got here. <laughs> and I'm surprised they didn't because they like to lean on almost every other plot device in, all, in cable TV. Yeah, very, very so. It's a hardcore. Yeah, which, which we come right to because after he not only beats those guys up, but off camera murders them both. Loud in the hotel bathroom. So he already subdued these guys. He already beat them. He's already escaped, and he's already home free. But he decides to just indiscriminately murder these guys as well. Yeah, he, he like he full force took this guy's head and like slammed. It. I mean, he said, you know, he likes bathrooms because of hard surfaces, and so it's like, oh, Michael, Michael Weston likes it hard. Got it all figured out, and he like slams a dude face first into a urinal, which would surely knock somebody out if you're a fucking trained CIA guy. Slam, and then yeah, they cut to like the bathroom door, and you just hear two pops muffled, and I'm like, he doesn't have a silencer. That wouldn't have been muffled. It's a fucking bathroom door, not a soundproof vault. Nope, and everybody would have heard that, but, like, nobody even gives a shit, and we're just to believe, like, oh, well, it's Africa, so it's fine. No one cares. Oh, yeah, just another gunshot in the... Uh... white guy in a suit just, like, blew two people away, and everyone's just like, ah, oh, well. I'm like, well, I'm checking in this person, and, like, I'm moving this luggage. I don't give a shit. So uh, Michael Weston uh, moves out of the convenient plot device hotel and immediately steps into convenient plot device valet stand where there's a conveniently placed dirt bike uh, to make his conveniently timed escape. He's, he, it's all laid out perfectly. I don't know if that's his um, expertise in planning or if it's just so serendipitous that he found all of that stuff. But boy, Michael Weston sure does get away with it. I mean, for a spy who's been burned, he seems pretty talented. And now I'm starting to wonder how he got burned in the first place. I mean, uh, you're going to be wondering that probably for the remainder of the 110 episodes of this fucking show. <laughs> Perfect. Let's go. <laughs> Also, calling out, too, because this is another thing that not only happens throughout the show, but it's been happening, too, as you're watching this. Um, Almost every fucking scene is, like, undercut with some corny ass. It's not exactly like jazzy porno 70s music, but it's almost like... It's almost like uh, like too upbeat for that, but it's I swear to God, it's like the corniest music that's undercutting every fucking scene. Oh yeah, I think I said this in episode zero, which I know you all listen to. Again, we're yeah, we we don't need to go too into it because we've you of course the listener have listened to it probably twice at this point. I think you've you probably listened to it three times, and I really appreciate it. Thank you everybody for listening to it four times. Yeah, exactly. We get it. We get like a you know half of a Bezo buck if you listen to it like but, um, five times. But like you've heard six times before, um, I I said um, 
that even Danny Elfman would fucking blush at this score. It's like some it's some like some shit from like a really like bad made for TV movie almost where like it's it wants to be like quirky, quippy, upbeat music like during the show that's like has the like color palette of like Miami like Dextery, like Dexter in the daytime kind of thing. Yes. And but then it also wants to be like a procedural SVU kind of style thing. But it also wants to, I don't know, it, well, it wants to be a lot of things. It's an ambitious show. It's it, like, yeah, it's all, like I said, it's it's kind of like the jazzy porno music, but it does kind of vary in that lane, that same lane. But it's seriously like under every dialogue scene. I'm just like, Jesus Christ, they like chock full of this music. Yeah, they really, it's, it's going to underscore basically um, our entire experience watching this show. And I'm, can't, I'm really looking forward to it. I need to undercut every podcast randomly with just or this podcast. Every podcast episode randomly just put some stupid music underneath. I absolutely it. love it. I think you should just get that music. Um, yeah. I hey, would Bruce love Campbell, to. please let us use that. I'm, I'm just going to yeah. assume Bruce Campbell owns it because I, I just assume that he owns everything. He makes um, the show, so he might as well own it as yeah, well. It's pr- executive producer Bruce Campbell, um, hero exactly. Bruce Campbell, main character Bruce Campbell. This is the Bruce Campbell show. Everyone get the used Bruce to Campbell. it. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, we're going to get to Bruce Campbell because Michael Wesson's getting to Bruce Campbell. He got burned and he's got to go back to uh, Miami, Florida, where this show is pretty much centrally taking place. But before we get to Bruce Campbell, we get to uh, an even better, uh, maybe a different type of stereotypical character. We have, I, by, by which we get introduced to by an ID graphic, of course, yep. uh, Fiona, the, the ex-girlfriend. Girlfriend. Yep, there she is. She's here and it's just like, all right. Uh, she's the hot ex-girlfriend who uh, apparently was still his emergency contact in his phone. So she got the call when they were like, you've been sleeping for like three days in this hotel room after getting the half-assed shit kicked out of you by those uh, Nigerian um, thugs. And so, uh, oh, even going back to the Nigerian thing too, like he had to call out like this very fucked up line that was just like for no reason. Please say this line because I think I wrote the same one down. The stinky fish or whatever. Yeah, he said. Yeah. yeah, he's like, it's 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 poor, it's corrupt, and all the people there eat terrible smelling preserved fish. Yes, and I was just like, what the fuck, you might like Michael Weston? You didn't have to say that, you jerk. Like, yeah, the well, fuck I, are you? It was like such a weird line. I I, I yeah, specifically wrote that down. Cause I said, what the fuck was that? I guarantee not a single writer in this writer's room ever has been to Nigeria or knows a goddamn thing about Nigeria. Yeah, I don't know where they got that from. They they Wikipedia Nigeria and they saw one preserved fish. fish. All right, there we go. They were watching Vice and uh, they saw some white guy in glasses eat a fish, and uh, that's, that's, and then, that's, that's and the like, extent it's probably, of their knowledge. It's probably smelly. It's probably stinky. Yep, that's the extent of their knowledge. And then um, after that line, the uh, the Mercedes crashes and. Everybody in the market all has a gun, and they're like, "Oh, well, the cool thing—the cool thing about Nigerian markets is that everyone has a gun." As if in America, the same fucking thing wouldn't have happened. If I know. You, if you crash your car into a farmer's market in Texas, you're gonna get fucking shot right in the dick. Like, oh yeah, if you took a gun out, and then other people would be like, "Well, I'm packing too, buddy." I'm there would be twice as many guns. So it was. Yeah, I'm glad we went back to that part because that was. Absolutely. So so Michael get, makes his getaway and uh, hands off his motorcycle to two soldiers who are apparently also dirt bike valets. Um, the soldiers just take they, they they take it and he gets back to Miami. We meet Fiona. And, and he just uh, gets on the plane, no problem. Yep, like, he he doesn't like, have a ticket and then he falls asleep and everyone just goes, you okay, bro? And then they just, everybody takes him passed out to a hotel in Miami. They check him in. They, they sit him down. They, they put him in a bed. They take off his shirt. 
Um, he supposedly hasn't done any of this because they say he's been out for two days. Right, uh, like he's been sleeping, and that's why they called. I, I mean, I guess presumably this Fiona woman, his ex girlfriend, did it because she was the emergency contact. But it really doesn't. Again, exposition for a lot of weird details, but th this detail was kind of just uh, left up to your interpretation or imagination, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, the real talk, and we're going to learn about this. Fiona came back because she is horny. Yeah, this girl is super horned up throughout the entire episode. I mean, in 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 the importance of representation, I'm glad they got um, a, an Irish POC to be this character. Right, uh, exactly. More and, Irish representation in media, uh, and, and we appreciate that, and uh, we respect it. Uh, but so Fiona is uh, just as uh, smartassy and sarcastic as our as our boy Michael Weston, and she gives him shit, and she gives him some banter, and but then she also says, "Yeah, I'll help you and take care of you, and also call your mom." Right, and which immediately alarms him because he's got a you know some sort of weird hang up with his mom that you kind of get into a little bit, but you know that's just the the charm of the backstory of like oh he's got uh, mother issues I guess. Oh yeah, you got to have your mommy issues, uh, and uh, and this is where we also at the nine minute mark get another burn notice uh, counter. So take right. that. This is the second time we we hear the, the term burn notice. We have yep. a burn notice out on you. Oh, you should definitely we should definitely make a burn notice watch along drinking game. <laughs> for like one of the yeah like well uh, uh maybe because there is a prequel movie and it it, it involves Sam Axe who we'll talk you're about you're goddamn right it involves Sam Axe so I feel like that would be rife for a drinking game Ooh, opportunity yeah that's the, that's something we're gonna get into folks we got ideas we have ideas and we don't know exactly how to execute them but I guess we'll find out along the way but uh, for inspiration we get to the next scene which is just butts um, we get a, we get a great Miami Beach butt montage a lot of that good uh, cable friendly TNA we get the cable friendly tits the cable friendly ass lots of ass shots lots and lots well, and, and he's lots like, of butts he's condescending to that lady who's like giving out hats like she's just like a like a woman promoting something so oh no they intentionally her make her like the <laughs> I'm a dumb blonde character oh my god <laughs> And like he, so he immediately like she's like, hey, here's a free hat, and he like takes it, and he just he doesn't say, uh, he doesn't say the normal human thing of like, uh, do you know where a phone booth is? He just says phone booth. Yeah, yeah, he's being a dick about it, and then and then, then norm, he, like yeah, I was just yeah, because I was gonna be like any normal person would be like like what, and that's what she does, and he just like looks at her with this look like you put in a you know some uh, a quarter, you can call somebody, and she's like, oh, it's over there. Like she should have just been like, fuck you, asshole. So uh, here's gonna be another through line of this show. Like I said, this show fucks, but that's all because of Sam Axe. Because Michael Weston like finds his way to finds ways to not get pussy like all the time. And it's falling literally in his lap. He's, He's so like, good at not getting laid. And we're going to get into this because it's a, I'm very excited about that scene too. Um, so we have that. And then we have him uh, doxing himself for uh, expositional purposes where he calls the security secretary lady um, at, uh, which I wrote the name down, uh, at Securacorp. <laughs> That's Ooh, the name of the okay. company because apparently uh, Spies Inc. was taken. So, right. so they, went with, yeah, right. they went with Secure Corp. They, went, they didn't go with uh, We're Not Spies and This Isn't Our Flower Van. Not a federal uh, agency, uh, dot com. Yep. <laughs> that was already taken by the feds. Sorry. The, right. the, and remember, he's not CIA. So He's just a contractor. Don't and forget I mean, that he he's really CIA. not anymore because he's burned. So he's just a nobody. He's a nobody who's had his assets frozen. And like throughout the entire episode, how does he afford like everything that goes on in this show? Well, he gets like twenty three hundred bucks from David Zayas, which we'll talk about later too. And oh man, I was right. real, I got to tell you, I was very happy to see David Zayas. 
I was like, damn, this is a, I mean, because Dexter takes place in Miami too. And so he's just, he must've just been posted up during the entire mid aughts. Well, I like to think that, uh, cause remember that show, this show came out in two, or 2007 around when Dexter did as well. Right. And this was, right, pro- yeah. this is probably this character. So as long as David Zayas doesn't show up again, I like to think, and, uh, you know what, I'm going to say that theory until we get into the story here and then, uh, I'll, I'll give you my David Zayas theory. And oh, it, t- it ties into Dexter folks. We have crossovers. There's a lot. I mean, also fan communities of the show want that crossover real bad. Which is, I, I can't wait to talk about that later on and like uncover <laughs> that entire mythos, which, cause I don't understand why, but I'm sure, I think maybe the Miami setting, but I guess we'll find out. Um, yeah, that's gotta be, that's the only connection I can think of it. So then we get a, we get another butt scene. Uh, there's more butts. A lot of butt interludes. Like anytime it needs to just do like an establishing shot, it's just an establishing shot of like the beach with women in bikinis. Yep. So then our so then our, our hero Michael Weston sees uh, what appears to be um, a even shittier looking Louis C.K. Uh, inside of a Crown Victoria. If that is possible. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, he's really pushing those limits, folks. <laughs> he's uh, trying, especially because he was jacking off in the car, just fully jacking it right there. He uh, was, yeah, he was ho- cranking the hog in yep, the car in Miami, yep. Florida. It was, uh, it, um, it was penis C.K. That that girl that plays Louis C.K. on stage <laughs> oh, that everyone gets mad at. Right. Uh, no. So, and he, he, character, he, he pays some kids to go over and tell a cop that's nearby that the that suit guy uh, touched them inappropriately and that he's like a little pedo guy or something. Right, to, as a distraction so he can get uh, off their tail. Yeah, so he does spycraft, which, again, he's broke, but he finds the money. He finds 15 bucks to pay these kids. Uh, and the, it, it was great how the kids were Jay and Silent Bob, and they said, 15 bucks, little man, put that <laughs> shit in my hand. I really enjoyed that part. A great crossover there, too. Uh, really good very, synergy. Very nice. Uh, this podcast brought to you by Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, coming to theater soon. It was our first sponsorship deal. They were so excited that we were yep. making Burn Notice uh, podcast. You, you can actually only listen to this podcast once on Fathom Events if you go to your local Regal Cinema. I think this is actually going to play, but like you know how they have the little uh, pre-show for the movies. I think this is going to be the pre-show for the movie. So hi, everybody in the theaters, if you're listening to this. Yes, thank you for listening. And actually, it's funny you mention that because when I, I, I did go see Jay and Silent Bob reboot um, at a Fathom Events thing. And in, during the pre-thing, they were like showing a bunch of Jay and Silent Bob trivia just kind of scrolling. And uh, it really told me a lot about myself and my character, how much uh, Jay and Silent Bob trivia I know. Um, wow. Not really sure how I feel about it just yet, but uh, <laughs> I objectively know a lot about the Jay and Silent Bob universe and uh, uh, the, the, the Kevin the, Smith Jersey the, uh, trilogy. View Askew universe. The View Askew universe, that's right. The, uh, the Smodcast universe. This, uh, this podcast, now part of the Smodcast network. Is that still around? I don't think so. But, I was going to uh, say. But it brought us Tusk. And uh, I appreciate. There you go. Yeah, we got a weird Justin Longhorn movie out of it. And you know, anytime we can. R.I.P. Michael Parks, the King. Oh yeah, damn. He was great. Forgot that. Uh, That's 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 a cameo I want to see. But put Michael Parks in Burn Notice. Why don't we? Yeah, do the Clerks fucking crossover. Bring like Michael Weston has to go fucking hang low in Jersey for a bit. (laughs) Dante gets a phone call. You have a burn notice. I'm not even supposed to be here today. I'm not even supposed to be here, and I got burned. <laughs> that, so that would make uh, that would make Brian Anderson's character like the Sam X, which oh yeah, perfect. perfect. And he's like a when uh, so yeah he well first he goes he doesn't meet Sam X just yet, but he does. What is her her name? Lucy, right? And number, so we go to we get spot. to another hot woman that objectively wants to fuck Michael Weston, but he still can't get laid with. Uh, it, I, again. Everybody wants to fuck Michael Weston. I, yeah, we established that very early on, and because even when he answers the door later on for those two like girls at his apartment, like even they just look at him like, "Oh, I totally want to fuck this dude." 
Yeah, they're all very horny. They're like, oh, Michael. They're like, they're all helping him out, presumably because he, you know, dicked them really good, I yeah. guess. So Michael gets into this building to talk to Lucy just by wearing some sort of, he tell, he, and he, of course, back to the narration, he narrates to us that as long as you get a messenger outfit, you can walk in anywhere. So remember that, folks. Right. If you ever need restricted access, if you would like to, you know, get up close to an important political figure or uh, get into a highly secure area, all you got to do is rent a fake UPS outfit and uh, you get in anywhere you want. Yeah, and check like you belong, and you'll be able to go meet ex-spies and uh, talk to them for a bit. So he does, and she tells him what everybody else seems to tell him, seems to tell him you have a burn notice out on you, and uh, I can't help you, but I'm sort of going to help you. And at the end, we, uh, we get him you know, doing some more quips, and then she says what we're all excited for, you need to call Sam Axe. Yeah, you got to call Sam. He's Well, yeah, he's like, he's got a, a tip for a small investigation job because he's like, I need to make money or he's like, I need to do something because all of his accounts are frozen now. So so Lucy, the quest giver, gives Michael his side quest to go meet the shaman. Um, the shaman. Yeah, he gets, so we have to go to the Sam X escort mission side quest. Right. Yes. We the the little uh, yeah. If we're using video game etymology, he's uh, this is the the B subquest of the of this episode that uh, uh, David Zayas's character Javier um, has been accused of stealing art from his uh, his employer, who's uh, Ray played by Ray Wise, who in in classic Ray Wise fashion is once again so. If if anyone uh, listening has ever seen the CW classic Reaper. Uh, Ray Wise plays the devil in that show, and he's the perfect guy to play the devil because the devil in TV and movies always looks like like a middle-aged white man in a suit with like the wingtip hair, kind of like the Polly Walnut sort of kind <laughs> yeah. of look, and like a nice tailored suit. They they look like Ray Wise, and so it's perfect. And in and I wrote this down: Ray Wise, Miami Devil. Yes, exactly. So he's, he's the, the he's, he's the Miami Devil, uh, and he's accusing uh, Angel Batista. He's accusing Detective Angel Batista of uh, of stealing art. <laughs> oh. In the first Dexter crossover, at one point they ask him when when they David Zayas is like, uh, so you're an investigator. Um, Michael Weston says, I do a lot of things, and just so everyone we're all clear about this, he's talking about eating pussy. That's uh, all. I think so. Yeah. He's but he doesn't like he'll talk he's you know typical guy he'll talk it all up but he won't he's not gonna do it like he's just gonna be a tease so i'm gonna back up just a second we're gonna talk about the introduction of sam x the exactly we're we're told or lucy tells him that he's been gallivanting around miami um basically hitting on divorcees and just getting drunk all day which by like, the way i as soon as he <laughs> i want to just like go over i took some notes on this show and during this moment um in all caps i wrote sam call him yes and then right below yeah. it i wrote <laughs> sam sounds fucking cool right you're like that's that's great like he's just chilling on my in miami beaches um like you know presumably just hooking up with um, random random women and drinking all day. Yeah. And you're like, that sounds like the beach bomb. That was my, great. My next note is Sam fucks. <laughs> he fucks for sure. Like, obviously, this is still cable friendly because we, we love the FCC. But he's but... okay with being misogynist right away by saying uh, spies are just a bunch of bitchy girls. Bitchy little girls. Yeah, that, <laughs> I called that out, too, because it was just like, geez. And he's, he's like, you know, those spies are just a bunch of bitchy little girls. And he's, by the way, using a voice that he could use as an animated character. Like, this is another another note I took is that uh, Bruce Campbell is a cartoon character. I love him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's absolutely uh, a fucking parody of everything we just described. And, like, but, and he knows, like, he's got just enough self-awareness. Like, he's kind of winking at the camera a little bit. He knows exactly what he's doing. And, like, here's another note that I took throughout this show is that Bruce Campbell is 
is like it's like when you're watching Monday Night Raw and The Rock comes back for one night and just cuts like some brilliant hot fire promo because he's the fucking Rock and he's awesome all the time and just it all, all it does is expose the weaknesses in everybody else and make everybody else look so much worse. That's what Bruce Campbell basically does this whole show. He just comes out and he's a force of nature. He's finally the interesting one because like Michael Weston right now is not fucking interesting. Like he says like a bunch of stupid spy shit, but you're never like, oh, wow, this is so fucking cool. No, again, being on like a a show that I think, you know, cares about representation. I think it's great that our main spy uh, is on the spectrum. I guess yeah, he's just like a very weird dude who's just like he he he's like not charismatic at all. So like you finally get to like Sam, and honestly, you're thinking like, why does Sam hang out with him? Like Sam X seems like he'd want to hang out with fucking cool people, not Michael Weston. Yeah, Michael Weston is a guy who thinks he's cool who isn't cool, and Sam X is a guy who is actually cool. It was actually very cool, and is just like doing him a favor, and it's probably just like, yeah, this guy's fucking not my. Get him off my back, so I can go fuck this. But we uh, we, nice we actually, and that's interesting. We learn a little bit more about Sam Max's motivations towards the end of this episode, and it finds out just like any great character that there's some layers here, and uh, his enthusiasm and his uh, and all of this might be deeper than it thinks than we think. There might be more to it. There might be we more to yeah, it. Yeah, the little little tease because of course you know they got to keep uh, interest going. This is the pilot episode. You got to establish a bunch of stuff and also make it be like, well, if you stick around, you might get all these little mysteries uncovered. And yep. So our first mystery that we're working with is the David Zayas art thief uh, storyline, which I think is uh, kind of an indicator that we're going to get some like procedural type elements as we go along in this show. We're going to get like a like a baddie of the week or like a story of the week thing uh, in addition to like our overarching theme. Yeah, obviously, like, you'll have the moments, like, in this episode where he's finding out about who burned him, but then at the same time, it's just, like, a very open and close little case that if you had never seen, like, I'm I'm assuming, yeah, if you go, like, I picked a random episode of season five and watched it, I'd be like, oh, similar thing, like, he fucking finds a jewel thief and has to, like, stop them or something, and he does it, but then also you hear about Fiona's troubled past or something i would love if they made this show in 2019 and the jewel thief was like stealing mango jewel pods before they went off the shelves oh that would be very that would appeal Black market uh, I think jewel TV pods. Execs, yeah the tv execs would love that millennials would go fucking crazy absolutely They'd put down their avocado toast and just wash the shit out of it oh man i can burn notice for millennials and zoomers i love that like that's well let's talk well jeffrey donovan has said he would like to do a burn notice movie and i'm sure we'll we'll get into that later hopefully they'll make that uh, more <laughs> burn notice like content it's called TikTok, Michael. All the kids are using it these days. Oh my God, a Sam Axe TikTok would be so good. Could you imagine <laughs> him making making TikToks on Miami Beach with like a daiquiri in his hand, like where he's like, it's just his face behind like a girl's like shaking ass, and he's like got a got a mai tai. That would be all of his TikToks. Oh yeah, he he'd have the glazed over look too, like he's clearly God. like five. The Sam Axe TikTok account would be so fucking good. It'd be great. I mean, because Bruce Campbell is kind of just playing a, uh, his Bruce Campbell-y self. So that's yeah. like if you're a fan of him and, you know, the Evil Dead movies and show. And if like, you're here, I'm just going to assume that you are, man. Right. Like, I, well, I'd have to assume, too, like, uh, I think I mentioned it briefly in, like, the little episode zero thing of, like, I was very basely familiar with the show just because I guess I had heard he was on it. And I guess that would, that would look, look, like, right now, he's the, the he is the, the, the thing that's making me feel like this might be worth watching. And I agree, too. A lot of this is pretty paint by numbers. But then we get Bruce Campbell, who, again, just comes in and just chews that scenery, man. It's just, he's always on one. Like the entire time he's on screen, he is on one. 
Um, exactly. I, I like he was uh, like uh, I think even the very first shot too is like the uh, I don't know if she worked there or if she was just a woman passing by on the street, but he's like I think he's just like don't go. Like he's like I, yeah. I, I like look I like the look of that. Like he's basically and she's like it's very funny. Like her reaction isn't like oh you fucking old guy because she fucking picks up on that vibe. She's probably, she looks and smiles because she's like damn all right dude. Bruce like the pheromones just exuding from his just testosterone laden body. The, oh, he how he, he is he, I, like I'm like I say force of nature not just as a euphemism like he is a literal force of nature like you are like biologically required to want to fuck Bruce Campbell that's just the way it is <laughs> yeah no matter no matter I don't make the, no no Bruce Campbell has has he's the next stage of evolution he has truly ascended all concepts of gender and sexuality and uh, you just have to fuck him. I'd like to believe that. Like, obviously, like if this dude existed in real life, he his morals would be fucked and he'd be canceled immediately. Like, he'd be like a an asshole, probably. Oh, he would have like, quit the CIA and like ran a used car dealership and like posted QAnon memes. Yeah, he would have been yeah like a shit bird who probably is just like uh, very mean to women and like very problematic. But like, I'd love to believe that our image of him, where he's like a really cool, respectful dude who's just like. Hey, it's all consensual. That's what I'm, you know, Sam X is all about that stuff. Like he's like super cool into that. Work like Sam I want to, I want to, I want to believe that. That's my X-Files. I want to believe moment. Ooh, man. I'd really like to get me a piece of that, but only with consent, Michael. Yeah, exactly. He's just like, Hey, my, you know, consent's pretty sexy, Michael. You know, it's not that it's not the kids aren't wrong. That's a pretty good Sam X. Like you have enough of that, like kind of cartoony kind of flair to your voice there for that. You're kind of nailing that Sam X, dude. Thank you. Yeah. I love uh, that Bruce Campbelly action hero voice. Just yeah, like and he's very, really very leaning into it, man, especially in his opening lines in this show. Like, he really hits him. It's great. Yeah, like, uh, uh, we, we were getting to the, we wanted to get to this moment to gush about him because it's just like, again, we finally get a little inkling of like, oh, maybe this show is going to be great. But then, like, so, you know, he gets the lead on the, you know, David Zayas, Ray Wise subplot, which, by the way, pretty good. Uh, I mean, for first episode, pretty good uh, choice for character or actors. I was like, I mean, oh, you got cool. those two guys, and then then you get your baddie, who is uh, the dude from Generation Kill, uh, who like just looks like a Nazi. So like, he's just a big, giant, blonde-haired man, skinhead white dude, yeah, yeah, who just looks like a Nazi. So like, per and he's a troop. He's an ex-troop. We find out very early on. He's got Army Ranger stickers all over. If this was now, he'd have like a Blue Lives Matter Punisher decal. Oh, hundred, yeah, hundred percent. But he's got these. He's got the he's got the Army Ranger like with the skull and bones and the beret stickers everywhere. Um, if he was on TikTok, it would be uh, set to um, "Zombies" by the Cranberries because they love that fucking oh, song. Oh yeah, for they some love reason. that. They love that. It's the only song on the on the Walkman that they all share in the desert. Um, right, they love. Yeah, it's the only like pre-approved song to play at the precinct. Yep, that can. But I mean, you know, they get it from the CIA and they can't get their music from Michael because again, he's not CIA. Um, you don't see, he's just a contractor, folks. Do not conflate him with the C, the Central Intelligence Agency. It's so not he part. so he has his little moment with security guy. We can already tell that security guy is going to be a problem for us later. He's a, he has ominous vibes. His, he's got scuffed vibes. His vibes are fucked. <laughs> he's got vibe real, check would yep. not result in a in a good score. Yeah, he's got real scuffed vibes. Um, so he he kind of gets. Is the that gist like a it. fucking wait? Hold on, I you know you know I'm not with it. So is this is scuffed vibes really a fucking phrase people are throwing out there? I mean, I think from what I know about uh, Twitch culture enough. I mean, I'm, I'm we're basically boomers in the Twitch world, right? Like we're fucking. This is the point of my life where I guess I'm going to fig- figure that out because I'm like, what the fuck, scuffed vibes? I mean, sometimes those vibes get scuffed, bro. You gotta you gotta watch out for those scuffed vibes. I mean, that's th- those I... were the vi- the vibes I felt 
personally, we're pretty scuffed. If you were <laughs> going to ask me about my vibes, I would tell you that they were quite scuffed when I came into contact with this man. I get it. Like I get the the gist and the idea of it. I was just like blown. I was just like that. You kept repeating it, so I was like, "Is this really something that I'm totally?" I think it's a funny phrase. I kind of like saying it. Um. Yeah. You know what? I'm gonna. If I had a child, I'd probably say that to piss them off. I got a feeling that 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 there's gonna be a lot of Michael Weston's nemeses that are gonna scuff our vibes. They're gonna scuff. Well, he scuffs the fucking vibe. He is a scuffer of vibes. Yeah. He's he fucking stops all. Like so, you know, Fiona seems cool. She seems. Uh, super horned dog. We're gonna like talk about Fiona's vibes pretty soon here. Actually, we're gonna yeah, talk just... about. So let's 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 kind of go in order here. He gets uh, he gets an apartment uh, from the classic Russian slumlord that's in every TV show, right? You get the Russian right. slumlord who tells him, you know, your your place is all right. It seems pretty nice. So he, so we justify a low price on a large apartment by him uh, taking it like above a nightclub and promising to like take care of some goons. Yeah, he's just like I'll tell. Yeah, I'll chase off the um, what's his name, Sugar or something, the coke dealer that lives uh, underneath me, and uh, I'll uh, I'll deal with the loud club. Let's, let's just say, as a as a native of the Detroit area, I'm very excited to talk about Sugar. <laughs> why? Because he's a fucking Eminem. Uh, like <laughs> that is exactly like why. Because he's yeah. got real slim. This is 2007, so like making like the white gangster drug dealer character look like Eminem is just so perfect. I love it. It's I mean, so he good. calls. Yeah, Michael Weston does slam him by calling him Vanilla Ice. So, yeah, which I mean, is even more washed reference, I think, than you could have called him Slim Shady right there, and it would have been perfect. But no, he goes with Vanilla Ice again. Absolutely. Michael Weston not having so good enough social skills to have a better bit there. No, he's just like he wants. He just likes the big open space in Miami, Florida, to work on his tools that he needs to catch the real uh, art thief of, uh, or who who's framing our uh, our David Zayas friend Javier. We must protect Angel Batista at all costs. Yeah, who's who's got a son? Like he's worried about his son too, and we we're going to talk about the son because son's a fucking son, psycho, bro. Yes, his son is a sociopath um, who's very obsessed with um, uh, fucking Michael Weston. Weston's going to have to come back and blow that kid's brains out at some point. Again, like very, uh, like uh, again, forward thinking of this show where the kid is like obsessed with guns and stuff, and it's just like it's it really speaks to today's society and just like gun control uh, conversations. That's and right, stuff. folks. Welcome to uh, Burn After Noticing, the podcast about gun control. Right, like this kid, this kid is a prime example. This kid is like fetishizing these guns. Like he literally, at one point in the episode, hands Michael oh, Weston a insane. drawing of like him gunning down somebody. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's like a, wild. a child's drawing of him just murdering somebody, and it's just like, what, if Michael Weston kind of like is like, you really want me to shoot people? I'd give, I'd be like, you really should probably take him to a school counselor. Yeah, that kid is not is okay, and he's about to be more, even more traumatized later on in this episode. They definitely need to get that kid some help, like right away uh, immediately like, somebody needs to console this this kid because he is like fetishizing guns way too much for his age so so michael then steals a car to go pick up his mom to take her to a hospital because she is um allegedly a hypochondriac yeah like uh, he's paying for all of her stuff also by the way uh, michael weston it's be- like you know maybe the this is where I think the Dexter people or like Dexter people want a crossover because he has like these rules, right? Like he's still throughout the entire episode is like inner monologuing about what his process is. And he's got two rules for uh, when he takes cars and that's, uh, you know, he'll, when he returns it, he's going to keep it clean. And uh, if he, if he steals the car on a work day, he'll get it back by 5 PM. You know, that's a, I wrote, I wrote down Michael Weston, the courteous car thief. Right, yeah, and uh, fucking right off the bat is not because his mom just starts smoking in the car. Yep, 
and then talking about how sick and ill she is. This that classic crazy mom character. What a pain in my ass my mother is. Although there was a line here that did make me legitimately laugh when she was like, you know, you missed your father's funeral. And he goes, yeah, by eight years. Right. Yeah, just I like, thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> that was that was pretty good. Like He does have some like fun little quips, like if he gets frustrated or upset. But, you know, they, they, they're a dime. They're, they, yeah. they, you just never find him too yeah, So he goes to the hospital. They talk about his, his loser brother, Nate, who I really hope we meet later. I hope we meet Nate Weston at some There's point. There's no way we don't, right? Yeah, we like, got, well, gonna, I mean, this, show, show this show's insane, so I'm not going to pull them to anything. Uh, but I really... Nate's probably the one who burned him. I'm going to throw that fucking oh, theory out. Oh, shit. Early theories. Early yeah, theories. I, I think I, Nate did it. This is going to be really fun that listeners who have seen the show before, like, oh, like trying to hear us guess and them being like, we know what fucking happens. You guys are stupid and wrong about everything. Yeah, they are, like, way off base. If I'm right, don't tell me. If I Or if I'm wrong, email us at burnafternoticing at gmail.com with a picture of a duck that says I'm wrong. That's right. Send your ducks and uh, tell us how wrong we are. Thank you. So we're probably going to meet Nate, and then we get to uh, him going back to his nightclub and making a bomb in his nightclub apartment. Um, well, so, a bomb. so it's Abu, so <laughs> Michael is going to join ISIS. Yeah, he's got like the knowledge needed. He's just like, he, first off, like uh, that's another thing. Like, I feel like if you had bought all of those things that he did, you'd be flagged immediately, like in some system where it's like, this motherfucker's building a bomb. Well, I mean, hey, uh, Trump did just put a burn notice out on Abu Bakr al Baghdadi. Oh. No, I think he killed. I thought he killed himself. I thought he. Uh, yeah, it's, like Epstein. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't even win that round. And wait, what do you mean Epstein killed himself? What are you talking about? Yeah, I mean that's kind. Of, that's what happened. Wait, what do you mean? I mean, look at look it up. I mean, they say suicide. He killed himself. Oh well, wait. They said he killed himself. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, that has but, to be true. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's why they. That's why they're saying it because you know you can't print lies. Yeah, that wouldn't be like you know propaganda of any kind or like part of a giant conspiracy to cover it up or where's Galen? Well, she's uh in Miami, Florida, with fucking uh, uh, Sam Axe. <laughs> oh, Sam Axe is chatting. Sam Axe is blowing out the oh, back Oh, he's on the flight logs. Oh no! Oh no! Sam Axe! No! Sam Axe is canceled already. God damn it! Already. Sam no, Axe absolutely would get canceled. Like that's there's no question. Sam Axe wouldn't like he not would a, absolutely get canceled. Yeah, not even a, like a hundred percent chance it would. Oh, worth it. All right, so we get um where are we at now? We're back to another Sam scene, right? So. He gets oh, right, a, yeah, we, yeah, get a, yeah. we get a Sam on the phone scene, and then you get and then you get uh, the kids. So you got kids making out on the stairs, and they're trying to find Sugar, the drug dealer. And instead of Michael being cool, he just has to be a dick to everybody and like tell him, "Get like, out!" No horny. He's like, "Get this horny. Anything horny, get it out. Yeah. I don't want it." Incel Michael Weston, the real <laughs> it's, it, the, it's, he's the real incel Joker, Michael Weston. He's such a yeah. He's the incel spy. That's why he's so effective at his job because he's not distracted by you know uh, normal human urges. I'm very concerned that Bird Notice is going to inspire incel shootings all over the country. Uh, we need to really worry about that. So, but I mean, it, also at this time, it's at the 33 minute mark. Uh, during this phone conversation between Michael Weston and Sam Axe, they say Bird Notice twice. Do they really? We get two Bird Notices in the same minute. Because, like, okay, for me, and, like, like I think I even called it out earlier where I was, like, you know, the beginning of it was, you know, because it's establishing stuff and it's a little more fast-paced. This whole middle section of the episode is, like, just super uh, just by the numbers that it's it was just so easy for me to, like, not – just start not caring. Yeah, it started getting bogged down here. And I took a lot of notes to try to keep myself on track, and I think that kind of helped me. Like, I wrote, out, I wrote about Sugar, the Eminem drug dealer. 
And how Michael beat him with that one arm twist move that you can do to literally any movie character or TV character, and they always go down when you twist their arm with one hand. Oh, no, my hand in, like, a very uh, awkward position. Mind you, he was just, like, padded very lightly on the chest and, like, doubled over in pain from broken ribs, but still had the the core strength to twist this guy around with one hand. Right. Immediately after recoiling in pain and almost keeling over. Yes. So, again, showing Michael Weston is barely human and doesn't even have normal responses to his nervous pain centers. Uh, he's, I mean, another theory, he's a fucking Jason Bourne type. He's been activated and oh, he's shit. fucking a stupid super soldier. Or so he's, we, they say he's, that's why he keeps saying he's not technically CIA. It's because he's actually MK Ultra. He's, yeah, he's that. He's been, he was born in a laboratory. He was a part of a super soldier experiment. Uh, if that's, that's how this show like finishes, that. I would not be surprised. Like, if that's what the last season is about, like, the, like he finds the lab he was grown in, like, yeah, yeah, that would all make sense I'd to me. I fucking love this show. If it gets to that point, which it won't, obviously, because that would be too <laughs> It would be too good, good. yep. It would be way too good if that happened, and I would just be so fucking into it. Right. So let's see. Uh, he goes to talk to the art guy, and they all they talk in some weird, confusing spy code where it's like it, it's almost like Tyrion and Littlefinger in a, in a Game of Thrones scene where they're like speaking their own language, almost like in innuendos and double talk. Mm. Yeah, and also. Uh... <laughs> The biggest like takeaway for me like was the weird gay panic at the end too. Oh yeah, yeah. Where it's he's just like so, uh, like they're having that normal conversation like you were saying, and I maybe he the art dealer, which again you know they they put his name up on screen like he's gonna be some sort of recurring person, but almost certainly won't. But he's just like. But he gets a graphic. He gets an ID graphic. So everybody gets a fucking ID graphic. If you didn't get an ID graphic on this show, I think you actually d- were deducted pay on uh, on your paycheck from this fucking show. Yeah, they didn't even need credits. They're just IDing in people just during the show. Yeah, there was no end credit scene. It was just like, well, C frames. We've know, already met. You know, we've already met the guild's expectations. So. Right, we're like that. That's uh, we don't have to pay you at that point. <laughs> but yeah, like he, he's just like you know, I have some. Um, like he said like some nude Greek statues or something in the back, and I guess he was maybe alluding to like, oh, I think he might be interested in that. And like Michael Wesson's face is immediately like, oh, what do you like, mean? Oh, jeez. And I, I was really hoping they'd go back there. I wanted to see those Greco-Roman statue dicks. You know, I bet they're like I'm sure that's fine. Like you don't have to be all weirded out about it. We're just, again. Speaks to his unhorniness. We're just like, just go fucking look at the statues, you idiot. Like, it doesn't. Who cares if he's insinuating something? That's not a bad thing. It's fine. So, so Michael leaves that one. He gets out of there and uh, he walks out in yet another cool suit. I'm very happy that Michael's cool suits did not get burned. Um, he lost all of his assets besides his Miami spy suits. In his fa- you can't burn a spy's fashion sense. That's for absolutely sure. not. That is inherent. Uh, yeah. So then he starts getting his narration as he's going. He's he's going somewhere. We don't know where yet. And he starts talking about how you should never help the little guy because it's a crapshoot. And then if you ever right. do that, you got to get in and get out and not get yourself attached. But you know what, Michael Weston's biggest Josh? Do you know what Michael Weston's biggest problem is? Uh, too many horny people in his life. It's just that he cares too much. Oh, he's got a he's a, a spy with a heart of gold. Heart of gold. So then he goes to to David Zayas and he tells him, uh, "I want to help you." Yeah, he's just like, "I forget the money," like because he, he's like, uh, "This fucking jerk owner is framing you and trying to." Yeah, so we kind of this is money. this is one of those things that I was kind of glazing over, but I should probably we should probably get into. He he does some spy work and talks about how you gotta like you know you got he does all kinds of trade craft to get into uh, Ray Wise's house. And he breaks into Ray Wise's safe using um, silly putty, 
apparently. Um, was it Silly Buddy? Yeah, something we're going to get He's into. He's the most MacGyver-ass motherfucker. This show, no, this show is definitely inspired by MacGyver. It wants to be MacGyver in a lot of spots, and we're going to start seeing some MacGyver shit. Like, he, he did the, the homemade fake bomb to, to get a hold of his, his old boss, and then he, now he's doing the... He the the thing with the silly putty uh to get a fingerprint with like some dust and something whatever he opens it up and he finds out that uh, Ray Wise stole his own art uh, with the help of Nazi Vince um and that course, he's gonna obvious from the get go that he was involved oh for sure and they're gonna do an insurance scam and they're gonna frame David Zayas because they gotta have a patsy so they can catch somebody with the art theft right so yeah. You got to put it on someone. So, so instead of um, you know figuring out and being quiet about it, uh, Michael Weston goes to help David Zayas, and he tells him, um, "You're not going to work, and I'm going to go confront him." So that's exactly what our hero Michael Weston. Uh, this is also where I wrote Michael Weston go on Chapo. He's a working class hero. Uh, <laughs> Please, he wants to he wants to fight back. Uh, he wants to fight back against the powers that be. Uh, this is our, I mean, he is going to fuck over a rich guy in a troop. Like that's what he's going to do. He's going to beat a rich guy in a troop. So commendable. Um, there you we go. Stand, there we stand. Uh, forward thinking like we said like uh, it's happening a lot in this show where it's just like wow all right they were really very they had incredible foresight to the current climate yep so he goes to uh the house and he's like getting wined and dined and getting his little lunch from from ray wise and he confronts ray wise and says hey i know what you've been doing and if you put david zayas in trouble uh he'll squat he'll squeal on you and fucking owned and then uh that's when he walks by a, a Nazi troop guy and goes, nice shirt. Does it come in men's? Oh, oh yeah. The classic sexist burn. Now that's a burn notice folks. Oh yeah. I really noticed that burn. Uh, we sure. definitely noticed that burn. <laughs> Everybody, we need like an alarm bell to go off anytime that happens. Yeah. That's when I wrote, ha ha ha. Fuck them troops. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, this is for, uh, this is for the working class bitch. The absolute. And so now he's talking to Fiona about why they didn't kill him. And he says, there's a few things I'm good at. And he's also still talking about eating pussy. Yeah, those are still the few few good things. Like if you if he wrote like a little shopping list style of like all the things he's good at, it would just be eating pussy, eating pussy, yeah. eating pussy. Right and this is this is where I start really really falling in love with the Fiona character because um, they're at the bar and she says, "Hey, do you see those two feds watching you?" And Michael Weston says, "Actually, there's three. And he points out the third fed, and she goes, "Bravo! Should we shoot him?" <laughs> Yeah, she's like super. Like that happens a little later on too, when they like uh, dis- they like somebody approaches them and they kind of beat him and disarm them. Where she gets horny, like she loves violence. Well, she in I mean, she is a quintessential Irish character in that she is drunk and violent. She's drunk and violent, and I don't know too much about the horny level of Irish people, but I'm guessing it's off the fucking charts according to how Fiona. Has I mean, the repressed show. sexuality that has to be going on over there. I can only imagine. But yeah, like Fiona. Kind of like, uh, so Fiona uh, pistol whips one of uh, Eminem drug dealers' goons, and that's then right, yeah. immediately tries to fuck Michael Weston and. He's like, violence might be uh, your foreplay for you, but not me. And for some reason, a guy who's literally been doing violence his whole life can't fuck after some violence. Uh, I was going to say that's almost like maybe not, but it's still that you're probably got an adrenaline rush. That's usually uh, a pretty synonymous with like a, like getting into that horny spirit. Listen, so, man, like, on, if, if my Irish ex-girlfriend pistol whipped a dude with a gun to my face right in front of me, and the then hottest so, shit in the world. I would I would have fucked her right over that guy's fucking unconscious body. <laughs> I would have, I would have, I would have used him to prop her up properly, so we could have got like the right leverage. Like there, I mean, oh, oh Michael, there. fuck me in the arse, <laughs> right, right in front of him. 
Again, this is like more Scottish because I thought you had to point out. I thought she was Scottish. At first, I was like, what is that accent? And they're like, oh, okay, this is definitely Irish. And then she started acting Irish. And I was like, oh, yeah, well, she's definitely Irish. <laughs> she started acting Irish by violently beating people and drinking. Yeah, just a pure barbarian bog person. Uh, <laughs> I can say that because so I'm funny. Scottish and, uh, you know, being hateful towards the Irish is in my blood. Sorry. There we go. Hey, I'm uh, technically Irish myself. So, there so we you go. have a slur pass. When, I, I can't the, wait until uh, there's some Polish and Italian bad guys. <laughs> oh boy that will really get us canceled let's go we got excited too initially when we were like looking into the show about how michael weston apparently during the course of this show will be ha- taking on different personas and have like accents and stuff and like you got you gotta know there's gonna be some problematic ass yeah i'm up. very excited for when he starts doing alias shit and like trying to be all the different like undercover type races thing. and stuff <laughs> it's gonna be oh, so yeah. bad it's gonna be some real justin trudeau stuff going on Oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> they're one and the same. I, I again took a note about the music, um, like the music just it's all the time. Like after this insane constant. scene about the about the fucking and the and the pistol whipping, we go right back to the quirky music, and we get to Sam Axe once again. He's back and he's making a bloody mary in a can. He's got a can of tomato juice, yes. and he's just pouring an airplane thought th- like shot of vodka into the tomato juice, and he's like, "Hey, you want a can of bloody mary?" Yeah, he's like, hey, I can make you one right now, buddy. And it's like, oh, man, Hell this yeah, guy fucking, dude. he's fucking walking around Miami drinking like homemade little Bloody Marys in a can. Baller move. Real baller move. Like, that's real king energy. I respect the hell out of it. And then we get, we get business suit Fiona, which I'm a, also a huge fan of. Um, I'm going to try to not be as horny as Fiona here, but. She's attractive. I mean, she's hot. Business I mean, suit it's, Fiona it's what, definitely does it for me. I will. Uh, it's, it's weird that he keeps. To, I mean, I guess they have the troubled past and everything. He even like has a little intimate moment where he kind of talks a bit about their little past relationship and maybe why they didn't work out. Well, they work like, out because man. there's no way that Michael Weston could handle all of her sexual energy. He couldn't he just fuck can't. her up. No way. Dude, yeah. I, I mean, like, she needs a Sam Axe. Let's be real about it. She she would need a Sam Axe more than she would need a Michael Weston. Probably. Like, if they, you know, fusion danced like Dragon Ball Z and became one, they would probably have all of the things that she would want and need. Yeah, that's probably true. Or just, you know, Bruce Campbell's dick and she'd be fine. <laughs> she just, just like so, the rest of us i think we'd all please, be we can if, all survive off of bruce campbell's dick let's have that happen please burn notice bruce campbell's dick please come you. on the podcast yeah we'd love to we'd love to get your take on um pretty much everything, everything. Going i would on like in to interview world. bruce campbell's penis please with my mouth hey <laughs> <laughs> all right so we get to bruce campbell's uh, bloody mary in a can um they're they're offering what they describe as tactical support which again they're talking about eating pussy uh Right, yeah, he's still he won't do it. I think he, I think maybe it's almost like um, uh, he's too good at it, and so he can't do it anymore. Like he's like, I can't get back in the game. People will get too addicted to my uh, pussy eating skills. It's true, but so one thing that uh, Sam Axe can get back into is spycraft, and we finally see Sam Axe apply his tradecraft in this scene when he uh, he pays one of his buddies to be a cab driver. And they do a little a little thing where he does like a fender bender incident and gets out of the car and they yell at each other and the guy punches Sam Axe in the face and he yep. falls into the car uh, of the of the bad guy and they drop a little uh, a little homemade bug phone that Michael Weston made out of like a little hello it was like a little Hello Kitty like Nokia phone yeah and he does a really whole cheap. he does a whole description about how you have to get a cheap crappy phone but has a good yep. microphone or something but also with yeah, like a better like a... phone with better parts or some weird shit that doesn't make any sense um i real talk um i i have been around the cellular phone industry for a long time in my life and that's not how any of that works 
especially not in 2007. Yeah, it 100% is not how any of that works. But in this world, it does. And uh, the MacGyver phone machine thing goes into under the seat. It's not even it's like a fucking how did nobody see it either? It's not small. It's like a it's like I would say like maybe the size of like a can of soda. And they like just drop it into the car and it's like people would fucking And the former special forces bodyguard guy does not notice this at all which is Nobody perfect. Nobody does. Which is perfect. Yeah. Um and that's when I talked about Sam X being so good. So it's just a great scene. And then we get I mean yeah, it's great. Great little inter- interaction where it looks like he's uh, getting into a fight with a random stranger to, to give him the opportunity to do that. Very expert. Yep, so that's where they get the they get their bugs and uh, and, and all the stuff that they need and then uh, we get we get the uh, we get another mom scene and mom starts talking about Michael paying the bills and that's when I said woke mom understands the nature of for profit healthcare and that Medicare for all means Michael Weston doesn't have to stress about his hypochondriac mom. So uh, you right. know if we all universal healthcare, Michael Weston wouldn't have to steal cars or go take his mom to the hospital. She can check herself in anytime she wants and uh, make sure that she's taken care of. Uh, so it doesn't have to go death. Uh, please remember when you go to the polls, uh, the Michael Weston's mom needs your help. Yeah, think of her when you're casting the vote. When you cast for, your vote, uh, think of Michael Weston's mom, who may have some sort of illness, but we're not sure yet. We got to find out. It could, yeah. Like it, it, the thing is, too, and I think I made a note of this, where just like he obviously has a past with his mom, so we don't get to see everything because we're coming into this, you know, relationship at this stage of, you know, she's an older woman, he's a fucking spy guy, but it, like it, his mom didn't really seem terrible, and he's just like treating her like trash. Yeah, he's such a dick to like every like <laughs> he's so just mean. an asshole. Like Michael Weston's not a nice guy in really any way, shape, or form. He's just a real, real asshole. Like at least Sam X is like friendly and charming and like uh, like disarming in like a lot of ways. Michael Weston just always has his guard up, and he's always hostile. Yeah, he's like he's he's very one note wooden, no charisma, and he's just mean. I like I was just like the first like you know back when they first met, and she she he was driving her to the hospital. I was like Jesus Christ, he's being so fucking condescending and mean. Yeah, really, and you know his mom might even be sick. You don't know. You don't know Michael. Yeah, she doesn't tell. She even said that I don't tell you everything that goes on, Michael. Right. Yeah. So, so it's like, yeah, <laughs> cut her some slack, man. So so Michael gets a phone call from Sam Axe again, and Sam Axe says. We got trouble. Um, they uh, they they know that uh, they, that you know they want to they want to do something about uh, getting back at, at everybody. So the bug the the giant phone bug thing picks up on Ray Wise telling Nazi Ranger troop guy that they got to kidnap David Zayas' kid. So that so right so Michael springs into action and says, "Mom, where's your toolbox?" And uh, and Michael MacGyver springs into action and uh, finds a bunch of conveniently located zip ties in his mom's shed. Um, yes. And then also, fortunately, uh, our boy Vincent loves those Army Ranger bumper stickers and he has one on his car, too. So uh, it was very easy for Michael to find the car by the uh, troop bumper sticker. Uh, he, ste- right. he steals some guy's car at gunpoint and uh, he uses it to ram the, the, the troop guy's car. And then he zip ties him to the steering wheel and uh, he goes and saves and rescues the kid. Which fucking broke his rule right off the bat he caught he steals this car guys in there he fucking crashes it it's like you didn't just he's like return it clean oh like but, maybe it's but clean. remember he robbed the nazi troop guy and stole his rolex and was like the rolex should take care of this and That's now this guy true. has to go fence a fucking stolen rolex like hey right, go, yeah, fence, like, go fence the these stolen goods now, now. Yeah, Those things like have fucking, fucking serial numbers. It's a fifteen thousand dollar watch. Like, what, where, where is he gonna? Yeah, where is he gonna take he's it? He's a nice guy. I was just like, this is such a fucking hassle. Michael just thinks like, everybody has like spy resources. Like, they can just go to like black market fences. Like, there's a like he just like because again, Michael Weston's life is a video game full of like quest givers. He thinks there's like a Khajiit around the corner to like open up a market. 
Right, yeah, and he'll, he'll just be like, oh, I can fence this really <laughs> easily. I just have to pay a little bit more. Michael Weston's first problematic impression is a Khajiit merchant. Is he? Exactly, yes. You fucking, oh, jeez. <laughs> don't, even, don't even get me started on the... Uh... Uh, oh, we're not gonna get yeah, we're not, Elder Scrolls. Let's just lay on. I got. I. I believe me. We could talk about that all day. Oh boy. But yeah, he 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 immediately kind of breaks his own stupid rule. But he does. He, I mean, it isn't a good cause. He's preventing a child from being kidnapped, even though the child is serial killer, probably in the making. Yep. So he saves the kid, and then not only does he do that, but he also teaches the kid how to fight people and shows him how to right. do combat. So now he's teaching this potential serial killer how to subdue people, which is just smart. Um, yeah, that's going to help him down the line to um, kill his victims more efficiently and easier. Yep, it's pretty great. And so he tell he tells that whole story, and, and make sure he also make sure he mentions that he has two black belts, and I'm sure that's going to come back later. Well, yeah, he's. I think he mentioned earlier he's, like, he's got 30 years of karate, or he, he says that when his he mom does say 30 years of karate. Him. That's right. Yeah, his mom like hugs him because he's like I, he like goes through his little laundry list of accomplishments, but he's like, but there's no defense from like, your mom crying in your chest. Actually, there is. That's like you have to do a a, a, a spinning half guard uh, into a sweep oh. mount, and then you have to yeah yeah you have to do like a Damian Maya like Omoplata submission attempt, and uh, yeah yeah that's actually I'll take the way. Take care of it real easy. Yeah yeah yeah. The mom would go down easy. Why doesn't see? Like, why doesn't he just do that one arm twist move to her? I'm like, mom, don't make me break it. <laughs> I'll make you cry. I'll make you cry. Oh, if you want to cry, I'll make you cry. <laughs> so then uh, we get we get done with uh, with him rescuing the kid, and we get to him going to meet Sam X for coffee. And <gasps> plot twist, Josh. Oh, Sam yeah, X a... is sitting down with the uh, Bobo Jimmy Smiths and Bobo Louis C.K. looking federal agent guys. Right, the people that have been tailing him uh, unsuccessfully the whole episode. Yep, so, and, and Sam Axe is sitting with them, and Michael Weston seems to have already picked up on this because, again, he's an expert, non-CIA spy. Very astute. So he says, hey, of course I know you've been informing on me, Sam Axe. Why do you, th- I mean, I, of course, I knew why everyone was being so welcoming to me. I knew you guys had eyes on me. He's like, well, just don't get in my way. And they're like, well, just don't fuck around. So now we've set up the plot where these guys can kind of be around in the background, but not, not like causing too much trouble. But at some point, they'll right. probably help him or whatever. And we get a taste of that oh, pretty soon, sure. too. So he, he kind of shits on Sam Axe a little bit. And Sam genuinely seems like he feels bad. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. They got my, then they say they got my pension. And obviously, he needs his pension because he's out there pissing all of his money away on on booze and women so yeah yeah exactly. I, so here's the thing though fuel that's an expensive lifestyle <laughs> my next two notes are sam no and then <laughs> and then right after fuck it sam is cool i forgive him and you should too you, you know what he nobody's perfect this is just a learning experience yep. um he still has you know michael weston's best interest in mind yep. and, and michael tells him guy. if you want to if you really want to be a friend sam i think what you would do is give these guys just enough to stay off my back and he says of course michael i got you exactly bros man they're, they're cool guys and then we get to michael weston attaching what appears to be like a flare or a stick of dynamite to a huge ass gun yeah, that was. It, it we find out about like this later, phone? but it's like he's got a big ass revolver, like a huge, dirty, hairy fucking revolver. Yeah, big and one. And then he attaches what I looks like dynamite, but it's, uh, it turns out is a flare to it. And yeah. uh, then uh, he like does like some gets some like prep stuff done around the house, David Zayas's house. And uh, he's got call forward. Home alone on. style. Yep, he does. He, he sets up like some Rube Goldberg traps. traps. He puts the paint cans out and the thumbtacks. He's waiting for uh, Joe Pesci. Uh, to to come and and Daniel Stern to come kidnap him, 
Um, and he's so he's got everything set up, and he's got call forwarding on. So David Zayas uh, gets a phone call from from Ray Wise, and he takes it, and they act like he's home. And they come in, and there's yeah. Michael Weston being all cool. And he's like, sup, y'all? <laughs> sup, dudes? Like, what's going on? Damn. What's up, bros? Waiting for you. Oh, I know. Damn. <laughs> How did everyone get in my room? LOL. <laughs> Jeez, oh, was this a house party? I was waiting for like the, I was waiting for like the really cheesy line there. You know, I, there it was a perfect oh, yeah, time like, for it. Know you made the, house calls. I think he just did the casual. <laughs> hey, <laughs> classic. Uh, yeah, you awake? <laughs> classic, classic hey, big opener. <laughs> hey, big head. Yeah, there we go. So uh, now uh, this start, this is where we start getting into it, right? So uh, we start having a confrontation, and then we hear gunshots. Which the gunshot sound effects, by the way, absolute garbage. Uh, really horrible sound effects, really terrible standard, awful. But exactly. but they find they again find a way to explain this too, which I got to say was some pretty good. This is where the good writing comes in. So they do all that, and then there's a struggle, and there's like some kind of in the dark, and then they use he's got like mirrors like strategically placed to like blind people, and he gets basically puts it in a position where Ray Wise shoots the Nazi troop guy, and ha ha troop bitch get wrecked. Uh, right. Very, very, uh, very smart. So this dumbass troop uh, who survived all these tours in the desert gets fucking shot by a middle-aged rich man in Miami like a stupid dumbass. Ha ha, you're a loser. Go home to mommy. Right. Um, yeah, it was like we, we, yeah, he expertly like got his fingerprints on like some of the gun parts, basically. Like, yep, so, you're fucked. So yeah, he, he, he brings it all together and uh, he has the fingerprints on the gun and it turns out that the, the, the big revolver thing was actually a trick uh, to it was blanks and a flare to make it look like muzzle flashes and it was the gun had blanks and it was to make them think that somebody else was shooting so that they would all freak out and he got it and and every and they took the plan hook line and sinker and yep. he says so yep. now um i have all the leverage and i'll i'll hold it as long as david zayas doesn't get in trouble and he gets a severance with five years of pay and also, you have to throw in um, a college fund for the kid and dental insurance. I love how he said oh, and yeah. dental, um, which is great. Uh, you know, universal health care also includes dental and eyeglasses. Remember that. It would need, yeah, would need to add that stipulation. And so then, uh, so so the plan comes together. Michael Weston saves the day, and uh, all is well in the, in the universe so far. We still don't know who burned Michael Weston, but we do know that Michael Weston can still, uh, by the skin of his teeth, uh, his resourcefulness, and uh, a little help from his friends can still get the job done. Exactly. I get by with a little help from my friends. Yep. So does Michael Weston, even though he kind of doesn't reciprocate much. No, and he really isn't too sure on the concept of friendship himself, but I think maybe he'll learn. We'll find out. He's very robotic. We'll yeah, <laughs> he's... He's like not horny ever. He better, oh God, he better be horny. I'm gonna. We be need pissed. him to get horny at some point. We're gonna need he's Michael Weston to fuck. He's gotta fuck in this show, right? Like they gotta show something. Yeah, he definitely does. So there's some. So David Zayas and uh, and Michael Weston. They're just teasing. They us. they wrap it up with a nice little scene. They have a little heartfelt moment. They talk to each other. Uh, they don't kiss, which is unfortunate. It, it was a. It would have been a great time to have a little peck. And they right. don't. And then uh, Michael Weston uh, kind of wraps it up narrating by talking about uh, helping the little guy. Helping the little kid. I mean, he, he like creepily watches the kid just start beating oh, the Oh, with the binoculars. Yeah, so he goes up to the feds. <laughs> I almost forgot about that. Yeah, he goes up to the funny, feds yeah. and, and asks them to borrow the binoculars. He's like, please. And then, of course, the feds are like, ah. and so now that's setting up like we're going to have these kind of moments throughout, this, throughout the, their, their time with us. Right. right, and so he looks through, and 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 of course, uh, David Zayas's kid is like doing all the techniques 
that Michael Weston showed him how to do in order to deal with the bullies. And yes, yeah. it is cool that the kid's beating up bullies, but the problem is he's also going to use that to choke co-eds one day like fucking Ed Kemper. So right. he's just like, oh, did you shoot? He's, he's going to jerk off to fucking mass shooting videos because he's fucking obsessed with guns. Yeah, pretty not good. So uh, so so little Nicholas Cruz there uh, finishes off the bullies and uh, that wraps it up. That wraps up our first episode for the most part. For the most part, although it does give it a little cliffhanger at the end, he returns to his uh, abode and he sees scattered all across the floor uh, pictures of him, of uh, an unknown tale. And he says, well, this can't be the CIA and it can't be the FBI because they're not inspired enough. This is someone right, with yeah. flair. This is someone that wants to send me a message. And there's a little welcome to Miami postcard or like a brochure in there. And so now we know that somebody is uh, watching Michael. But who? But who? I mean, it's kind of a funny, weird cliffhanger because it's like we already knew he was being watched by other people. I guess it's weird because it's people, he's somebody he doesn't know. So they must I think be really one of the things that it. I might like about this, it's kind of cool, is that because it's like a spy show and they lean in, it's like everybody is spying on everybody. Like even Bruce Campbell is spying on Michael for the feds, who are the because the, the feds are spying on him with his pension. Who they like everybody's a spy. Yeah. So like there's like quadruple cross. Yeah, and I think we're gonna get a lot more of that. And honestly, I'm super here for it. I'm here for it. Yeah. So overall what what like should we do like a rating system yeah every episode? I, I think we absolutely should rate it um and how many burn emojis how many fire emojis? i'm thinking because i can already which is something we didn't address yet but i can already see the yogurt bit um materializing oh, they, did, they yeah, mentioned they yogurt twice in this episode there's one where when he's sneaking into ray wise's house he's like what you want to do is look like you belong until the last moment and once you're in the house you know wander around walk slowly steal a yogurt out of the fridge if you get caught you can just go sorry for stealing your yogurt and it's super innocent Oh, and they'll be like, yeah, no problem, bro. Yep. I get it. And then it. there's another part where where he's uh, offering David Zayas' kid in his empty apartment some food, and he's like, I got some blueberry yogurt in the fridge. So um, I would say out out of uh, – should we do a 5 or a 10 or like a – Let's do 10. Out of 10 fruit on the bottoms. Out of 10 – Fruit on the bottom of the cups. Uh, we'll, we'll yes. do, how, many, how many pieces of fruit are on that yeah, bottom? How many, how many – out of 10 fruit on the bottom yogurts, how many uh, – how many yogurts do you give this episode? I'd give it, let's see, I, I would probably choose a strawberry yogurt, uh, so like strawberry pieces at the bottom of a yogurt cup. Honestly, overall, I think it was fine. I do think it was long for a pilot. It was so long. Great, like, Could you, you imagine know, watching get, this with commercials? You were probably in front of, it was, was probably like an say, hour and a half yeah. or two hours. It's that's crazy. Like that's all. That's a wild ask for a first thing. Which I, I mean, you know, sometimes that does happen where pilots are long. But I was just like, it did feel like it. You know, meandered a bit. I'm not I half sold expected on it to Michael say Weston. Written by Kurt Sutter at the end. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, I'm not sold on Michael Weston as we have as we've said. He's not. Sam Max is whole, like he's keeping me going. I like Fiona. I think that she's sex positive and a cool Irish drunk. That's fun. <laughs> not stereotypical uh, at all, and a, a perfectly accurate representation of the Irish people. It's yes, exactly. It's it's true uh, for her at least, but she's she's cool. So I guess out of ten, I'd probably give it. I think a seven. I think it's a solid seven fruit pieces on the bottom of the yogurt cup because it's like, did, was it perfect? No. Was it like entertaining? Yeah. Like there were some fun parts, but 
you know, it does suffer a bit from just being too damn long for a first episode. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I th- it dragged in the middle. I think, you know, expository, expository as hell. They kind of the wrong exposition. Yeah, they, they kind of leaned on some of that a little bit too hard where they could have let the story tell a little bit of that more. Um, I have the same thoughts about Weston. I fucking love me some Sam X. Uh, he is great. Fiona is good. Um, I love I, I love seeing some of my favorite TV character actors. So like David Zayas and Ray Wise being on the same scenes together, like really did it for me. You're not going to lie. So yeah, that was they got some good gets. Yeah. So there was that. There's a couple lines I like. And ultimately, I, I am very interested to see where this show goes. Um, and uh, I'm going to go probably with the same, but I'm going to go with blueberries uh, in the in, in the theme of blueberry. Go. I'm going to go with seven blueberries in the bottom of my yogurt out of ten. I think that yeah, I think it, I think seven is perfect. Honestly, it, it might even just yeah. be a, a, the, throughout the show. It's going to be like maybe that's going to be the base. Yeah. I mean, I will tell you if there, there's a couple things they can do. Like if I get a Sam X sex scene, that's an automatic ten for me. Um, if if Michael Weston finally fucks, I'll probably give that an automatic ten just out of out of, out of happiness for him and, and and his dick and balls. Uh, I will only review the sex that he gives. Like it, it, like the episode will full be episode about Michael Weston sex scenes. Yeah, that the secondary aspect of the the show would be like rating the entire show i'd only focus on him fucking at that absolutely point. so um i one thing i didn't watch is the next week on um i'm kind of wanting to go into that blind i think maybe as a recurring thing maybe we can was maybe, there one I, I okay no but there's a recap i think before the last episode is that how they do it they don't do next week next ons but they do recaps of is that maybe I, the no, did you what did you watch it on amazon yes okay yeah same i don't was there a recap? Like, is there like a little mini recap I think, thing? Yeah, let me see. Well, I got I got the thing up right here, so let me just press play okay. on it really quick, and I guess we'll find out. Episode two is called Identity. Uh, yeah, yeah, it does yeah, have a recap. Pilot. Yeah, it does have a recap. It does. Okay, okay. Ooh, that'll be fun too. I I I kind of like the way they present those like recaps and trailers and stuff and commercials. And if you guys can go on YouTube, like the the trailers and blooper reels and stuff for this can be pretty fun. I I recommend the it. Blooper, Not yeah, the blooper, the blooper reel. Oh, parts of the blooper reels. <laughs> Yeah, some of the blue. It's fun in off. how bad they are, and like the ones they picked, like to put on a reel. There are like not. Nobody was like laughing in the back. Like usually, you hear like the crew laugh, and it's like barely any of that. There's like a couple genuine moments with Bruce Campbell. That's like about it. <laughs> Again, right. Bruce Campbell is like the real X factor of the show, and we're gonna see that throughout. Badass, yeah. Like he's the one who's going to keep the enthusiasm for the show going, at least right now. Absolutely. So that's it. I think we uh, we did it. That's been episode one. That was episode one. We, you know, we're a little, we're about an hour and 20 minutes in. So we're a little, not that far off from the actual episode. It's length, true. So and it's bad. funny. We talked about this being a shorter podcast, but man, there's a lot to talk about on this show. They're giving us even more than I expected. So we're going to have to rethink that because holy shit, if, if everything's like this, we're going to have a lot to talk about throughout the course of it's this gonna, series. Yeah, it's going to be like normal podcast length, I guess. But again, like this was, this is like 20, 30 minutes more than a normal episode because they do go to 43 uh, starting next episode. That is also very true. But no matter how long we go, I hope you all stick with us. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for uh, hanging out and uh, checking out our first episode. Um, we have, of course, a lot more to come. This show went 111, and the movie The Fall of Sam Axe, which you know is coming one day. Is it The Fall or The is Rise? Is it The Rise or The Fall? I think maybe it was The Fall. I think is it The Rise? I thought it was Rise because it was like a prequel, right? So like he wouldn't be falling. Am I, am I wrong? It is called the fall of Sam X because I think wow. it is about him, like his, like how he okay. became like a retired guy. Oh, that, okay, that makes sense. All right, I think it's about his, not about his rise to power, but his fall from grace. His fall Which, from spy by life. the way, going from spy life to like drinking Bloody Marys in a can in Miami and banging divorcees, like that's not a downgrade, bro. 
Uh, that's not a. That's what I'm saying. That's not a fall. <laughs> Sounds like he fucking. We should, he, he fell we should have rated this episode out of ten terrible smelling preserved fish. <laughs> that would have been a good one. Yeah, like because we only got like a hint. I guess the yogurt is a fucking meme uh, that you know fans of the show love. The fucking recurring yogurt. Stuff, I'm sure so. we'll find more. Yo- there will be more yogurt to come. Oh, and now that we're at the end of this episode, I'm gonna finish with my Dexter theory, and we can get out of here. Uh, so, oh right, yeah, yeah. So Dave, so now that now that everything is done, David Zayas uh, can't obviously work for the art guys anymore. He's been burned in a lot of ways. David Zayas. Um, he's got to go stay with uh, with his sister. The kids got to change schools because he's getting bullied. I like to think that he moved to a different part of Miami and he took his security um, abilities and skills and he applied it uh, to the Miami PD and. Uh, changed his name out of uh, protection for the innocent and is now detective angel batista holy shit yeah i'm fucking on board although i mean i guess the one thing would be like why would you like if you're going to relocate and change your name why would you choose the same state and city Because sometimes you just you know you can't you gotta stay home maybe he likes the weather and uh palm trees maybe he did did he have a kid in that show he had a daughter i think but you know we can always have more kids could have been a cover, yeah. You never maybe, know. Like, may, you know, maybe that kid was being bullied because um, he had some issues with identity, and maybe um, the confidence that Michael Weston gave him uh, helped him kind of discover himself more. Maybe he is living happily, um, you know, as his confirmed gender now. Or I was gonna say, or uh, you know, um, you know, I don't even know what I was gonna say. Probably as her confirmed gender it. at this point. Or there, I don't know. I don't know if they're binary or not. We don't know. We know that this kid uh, has a lot to work out. And oh, I, hope they I do. remember. I was gonna say he probably got like committed because he's a fucking psycho. Well, yeah, that's that So he had to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah so your, your, he, yours he, is better. <laughs> I was gonna say. I was like, he probably fucking. They finally figured out that the kid is like the teacher saw him like drawing like animals getting murdered on his like school desk and they're like, oh, <laughs> we need to. I think something's wrong with this kid. Oh man! All right, we gotta get out of here. <laughs> Yeah, it's been it's been a hell of a ride. Thank you everybody for listening for the second time, third time, however many times you've listened to this. Um, definitely stick around uh, for more of Burn After Noticing. You can find uh, Burn After Noticing at Burn Notice Pod on Twitter. Uh, we have a Gmail, as we've called out too. You know, if I was wrong about um, the brother being uh, fucking who burned Michael Weston, please send a picture of a duck with the uh, with the phrase. Uh, you're fucking wrong, buddy. Yep. If uh, my theory about Angel Batista is wrong, please send me a different duck with the same phrase. You're fucking wrong, buddy. Okay. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you want to call out each duck. Um, maybe make mine a mallard, and you can make. Uh, uh, I want that one something. cool duck from the cent- from Central Park that everyone was taking pictures of for a while. I want that duck. He seems nice. Okay, that duck. Yeah, find that duck and do that one then. But uh, yeah, absolutely. But or just like send in thoughts whatever you want to send in just fucking email it'd be funny i'll laugh i'll read it yep. so you can find the show there you can find us uh, in a few places you can find me on twitter at thick flare ttv that's two c's you can find me on twitch at thick flare uh that's pretty much all you can find me you can find me on uh twitter as well as shake and bakey that's uh shake capital n and then well i don't know if the capitals fucking matter on twitter but shake and then the letter ed and then bakey what's the what, what's the capital n stand okay let's get out of here it's a, you know, I could go into the origins of my username. Maybe that, and that'll cut here up. and cut here. Yeah, <laughs> get rid of this. Actually, just throw this episode out. But also on uh, on Twitch as well. I stream on there as well. Um, sometimes on Bazizio, I'll throw out some Bazizio. Shout out Bazizio uh, Gaming. Love. Yeah, well, yeah. Or now they're just Bazizio. Now they re- shout out just rebranded Bazizio. 
just rebrand them as EZL. But yeah, and uh, you know, like I think I said too, you can find me on uh, pretty much everywhere under Shake and Bakey. So uh, yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's about it. Uh, thank you all for listening, and um, you know, stay frosty out there. Don't get burned. I, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to say the I'm saying the stay frosty because it's the opposite of burn. If that wasn't clear enough, uh, I'm not a fucking weirdo like uh, ex-military who just says that. No, shit, he, I, mean, so. he, I mean, you, I think you did a good job tactically ascertaining our audience and uh, and executing a plan relevant to the scenario. Thank you. Yes, I'm very uh, strategic in that way. That's why I'm going to eventually love Michael Lester. That's right, folks. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you for listening. Have a good one.